Welcome to In Your Area. My name is Christine Cusinelli, Senior Advocacy Advisor with Area. This episode is one of a special series which interviews each of the UCP party leadership candidates on questions of interest to realtors. On October 6th, the UCP party will choose a new leader, and that leader will become Alberta's next Premier. In this episode, we sit down with UCP leadership candidate Leela Ahir, MLA for Chestermere Strathmore. If you're interested in voting in the UCP leadership race and having a say in who becomes the next Premier, visit the party's website before August 12th at unitedconservative.ca. Good morning, Leela. Welcome to Area. As you know, we're the provincial association that represents the interests of over 11,000 members from 10 local real estate boards throughout the province. So Area provides strategic leadership and it advances the Alberta real estate profession through member-centric services, advocacy, and professional development. So that's a little bit about us. Can you tell us now a little bit about yourself? Yeah, good morning, Christine. It's so nice to be here and thank you for your advocacy, particularly now with the growth that is happening in Alberta. There's going to be so much opportunity. I'm so optimistic. And my name is Leela here, and I am so privileged to be the MLA for Chestermere and Strathmore, the former Minister of Culture, Multiculturalism, and the Status of Women. And right now am engaged in this incredible leadership race that we're having with the United Conservative Party here in Alberta. So it's been a very busy and engaging and wonderful time. Wonderful. Yes, it's been uh, very exciting to watch everything transpiring mm-hmm. on the ground. In our province, some provincially licensed professions have an exemption from municipal business license fees levied beyond the municipality where they have an office. So examples of that would be lawyers, accountants, insurance agents, and adjusters. All of these professions have an exemption included in the acts that govern them. So there's a whole list. Often you'll go on to the site of a municipality and they'll have a list of all of these professions that within their own legislation have included this particular exemption. So an exemption like this would obviously offer realtors tangible savings, but it's not always so simple. We know that. So I guess, you know, can you tell our listeners what are some of the behind the scenes considerations? And I think you've alluded to some of them that you'd have to think about before committing to a policy like this. Yeah, but I mean, part of the part of the beautiful thing about what we're doing right now, Christine, is that this conversation leads us to opportunities to actually look at policy. And I, I think probably some of where where we failed in the past, just governments in general, is that we tend to jump into policy based on reactive uh, versus a conversation like this, which actually starts to enlighten all of us to some of the changes. Because as you know, when you make a change in one thing, it can impact another part of the sector. And when you start doing that, the waves that happen, like this has happened in insurance, in fact, of all the things that you're saying. So I, one of the things that I believe based on, based on this information in particular is that if we have colleges or if we have organizations that are working towards these exemptions, I would like to look at the best practices of lawyers, accountants, insurance agencies, and other legislated exemptions to find out how those exemptions came to be and how that could potentially apply to the sector that we're talking about in particular. Because, and the reason I bring that up is is because with all of the conversations that I've had with realtors, this hasn't really been on their radar. And it's interesting because 
this is actually in terms of the in terms of the profitability and in terms of the well-being of the sector this should be really on the radar so i would be very interested in doing a little bit more legwork and i wish i had better answers for you but i would be it would be very disingenuous of me to come up with a solution right now when when the discussion i think is just beginning with you and i I think what would be really beneficial would to be having some roundtables with our municipal and provincial leaders because this falls under um, municipal affairs, but it also falls, I think it falls mostly under municipal affairs, but I think what would be really lovely is to have you know, have all the folks around the table to be able to talk with our municipalities and the leaders there to find out sort of what is the structure behind the and the reasoning behind licensing bodies not having consistency across the province, and then to align it with the professionals to understand, you know, what are the outcomes of some of the decisions that we could make because I think by bringing folks around the table, I mean, I tend to learn so much more when I have the experts and the smarter people that are there. And if I was to, if you're, you're suggesting, you know, that the, to potentially align the licensing bodies for the professionals across the province and maybe have some sort of overall, overall licensing, right? That would be consistent and that you have one license that allows you to participate throughout the province. The question that I have, and not, not the one that I'm asking for you to answer, but the one that I would be asking first and foremost is, is why, why is this happening? What is the, what, ha where did this sort of originate from that a person would have to have several licenses throughout the province was that to protect you know people within the boundaries of particular constituencies in order to make sure that there was competition or is this actually putting a damper on competition all of those questions i think i would need to ask your professional association and the people that you're 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 speaking with so that you know we if we're putting together a policy on this we really need to be able to parse it out and make sure it's the best policy for the sector and also for the people that we all serve, right? Great. Yeah, those are some really great questions, Leila. Let's move on to something that is truly an Alberta advantage. It's the notion of the land transfer task and the fact that the fact that here in Alberta we have never implemented a land transfer tax. So mm -hmm. Alberta governments in the past have always foregone implementing this. And in other provinces, land transfer taxes have been implemented in many jurisdictions across the country. Obviously, this kind of tax would potentially offer significant provincial revenue for the Alberta government. What are your thoughts on holding the line on the no land transfer tax stance in Alberta? There's a very consistent message on this, and it's to leave it the way that it is. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine, you know, and it's interesting because I actually we're and this is not to conflate two different issues, but just to give you a, you know, because I'm a rural MLA. So our work, I, I have way too much, not way too much. It's one of those things, you know, the surface rights boards and property rights and, and all of that is a huge piece of the life that I live out here and my responsibility to the constituents that I serve. And you can imagine the amount of pride that there is in knowing that this is a part of the Alberta advantage and with everything that is going on right now with respect to trying to bring competing interests together whether that's oil and gas companies and landowners and the and all of the issues that are happening as a result of 
various situations that are coming uh, that are happening due to the low prices that we had in oil and gas initially then coming into where we are right now as a result of so many things that are happening globally you can imagine how important this advantage would be to the average albertan and it's one of those things people are really savvy about this particular issue so if we were ever to discuss it if it was ever to come up if there was ever any participation in this discussion this would require a tremendous amount of consultation and i just it has it is it's kind of one of those sacred cows, right? In our <laughs> you were reading my mind. I was about yeah. to conclude this little segue of it. Yeah. This is a sacred cow, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And I think that if there was ever an opportunity to talk about it, it has to come from people. This is not something that government can just go and intervene. Well, you saw what happened when even the idea of a PST came up with some of the candidates and how that leveraged just so much frustration and anger amongst the people of Alberta. Because anytime you're doing something like this, the impact on the people that that's that's the people like that's everything it's absolutely mm -hmm. everything and you can't just jump in discussions and say things like that because you have the privilege of sitting well you've been in my you've been in my position you understand how mm -hmm. your your words matter and so something like this is just not even it's not even on the docket for discussion right now should it come up it would need to come from the people of Alberta and I, there would need to be a referendum there would be need to be a whole lot of work that well, would go into that. something like this <laughs> well you know I Again, this province is spectacularly special. The people yeah. here are savvy. They know they know everything. And I learn from the people that I represent every single day. And leadership races really, it's been a privilege that way, right? Because you're traveling around a lot and you hear a lot of different things from a lot of different folks and various ideologies and backgrounds and everything. It's very humbling. And anything that we have a discussion about when it requires this level of, of really, really deep and weedy discussions requires a lot of time and consultation. And so I don't believe at this point in time it's something that Albertans are interested in. So, Leela, at the end of the day, what makes you the best choice for UCP members who will be voting in the upcoming leadership vote? What makes you the best choice for the Premier of Alberta come the next election? Well, I'm I've I've been elected for seven years, so I have some skin in the game and I understand I understand I believe in my heart what the average Albertan feels. And that's a compelling desire to give back in our province. I've been really, really blessed throughout my my life in this in this position to meet amazing human beings that they give back constantly and the things that you hear right now the you know the there's just so much rhetoric and it's not any particular candidate it's not it's the anger and the frustration that people have from lack of communication lack of transparency you know there's just so much opportunity to grow and to become every everything that alberta is is because of her people and when governments intervene in a way that brings down the morale of its people, whether that's the federal government or the provincial government, you're attacking the very resource that is what makes us who we are. For me, I, I'm a businesswoman. I've owned several businesses. I'm a manager. I have, you know, a tremendous amount of experience with people, but mostly I've been impacted by those people. There's a tremendous humility that comes from listening and from having a nuanced discussion and not just having bite-sized pieces of things to to add to the conversation it's it's actually about really being there and having eyeball to eyeball conversations with folks and i think it's not a matter of i wouldn't put myself as better or worse than any of the other candidates there are some stellar candidates that are running in this race it's not about that it's about having a, a management style and an ability to elevate and raise. The conservative notion has always been about that. Those are those pillars. And we've lost that to ideology. 
We've lost that to legacy projects and, and other things that really, I think, outweigh the betterment of our, of our population, and our people. If you think about who Albertans are, we're resilient, thoughtful, giving, compassionate humans. We are a, this beautiful mismatch of, you know, indigenous peoples who have been here since the beginning of time to, you know, multiple generation uh, families that have come five, six, seven generations ago to somebody who just got off the airplane yesterday. This fabric, this beautiful tapestry of Alberta is an untapped gem. And in Instead of talking to people, we're talking at them. Instead of bringing them into the conversation, we're telling them what we're going to do. The, the difference between myself and others is that I'm not here to tell you what, what to do. Um, I'm not a believer in top-down politics. I'm a believer that what I, what I can bring to the table, Christine, is that I believe in building foundations. And your premier, your cabinet, and your, and your caucus are on an equal footing of creating a strong foundation. If that crumbles or if it's top down, who are, whose shoulders are you supposed to stand on then? We end up standing on yours and that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to stand on ours. We're supposed to give you a strong foundation, something that you can be proud of. You don't have to look over your shoulders for ridiculous comments or, or things that are gonna hurt or bring down the morale of Alberta. You need somebody who understands Alberta. I was born and raised here. My dad came in 1962 from India. This is mm -hmm. the province that I love and that I am compelled to give back to. And when you go into it with that lens, there's a tremendous amount of humility that comes in knowing that you're going to surround yourself with the smart people to help make the decisions. And you're not going to just jump into a policy decision. You're going to consider it. You're going to take a step back. You're going to make sure that the decisions that you're making are helping out the most people and that you're validating those decisions every step of the way by the sectors who are, you know, who are dependent upon you and the decisions that you're making and just, you know, in this in our own conversation today in this small little time that you and i've had together i've made a ton of notes about things that i understand and things that i have to do a lot of work into understanding and looking into so that gives me that gives me a lot of opportunity to learn even more about the sector and find out what my role is and how i can help you and how, how i can help advocate thanks so much for your insight on this that particular question it's nice to hear your insight also coming from a perspective of having been around the table for the last seven years so now we've got some rapid fire. These are some tough questions. Are you ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so what is your all-time favorite Alberta attraction to visit with your kids or your uh, family in general? Well, I one of them is, and I know that uh, this is probably everybody's, but is the Terrell Museum. My son, my youngest son, um, Saren, as you know, is autistic. And so we taught him to speak through dinosaurs and Disney when he was little. Oh, wow. And even now as a 24-year-old, and like we, this is what we do every year. And it's just, it brings us all back to being young parents in our childhood. And we do the hikes and we do all the hoodoos and we do the research yeah. and we go and do the digs and all that kind of stuff. I just Maybe don't think... Oh yeah, I don't think it's ever going to get old. And when I have grandchildren, I fully intend to do the same thing with them. So that's one of my favorites. And I'd have to say that there's there's this this area that's out just near Speargrass in my riding, which is down by the river. If you ever get a chance to go out there, it is just this beautiful little, it's not a heritage site by any stretch of the imagination, but it's this rural beautiful prairie oasis in the middle of nowhere and it's called Wyndham Park and it's just absolutely stunning and then I'd have to say probably my other sorry I'm going to give you three but the other the other space that I think was probably the most profoundly affected me most was going out to Métis Region 8 
and spending time with folks out in that area. It's one of the, it's the largest Métis settlement in Canada. And Beautiful. the buffalo and just the, I don't know how to explain it to you. Um, if you haven't been out that way, there's just, it's magic, absolutely yeah. magic. And if you go out there in September when the leaves are changing, I just don't know if there's a more beautiful place in the world. Yeah, we do have uh, so so many amazing things to to be able to experience here in all, our province, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, absolutely I really stunning. I got a tough one coming up here. Hey. Favorite ice cream. This one has stumped many. Oh. <laughs> no, this is easy for me. Mint chocolate chip. <laughs> Mint chocolate chip, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Favorite way to spend your Sunday afternoon, Leela? Oh my goodness. I wouldn't even know what to do anymore. I I've been doing events for seven years, so I don't know. I, I think maybe if I could ever have a chance to take a walk, I think that would be absolutely wonderful. But I have to say my Sundays have been filled with people and, 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 and education and culture and everything. So um, I think maybe one day when I retire, I think walking and talking about stuff other than politics would be wonderful. But in the meantime, I would have to say a humongous thank you to Albertans who invite me to absolutely everything on Sundays. And I spend my days on Sundays, probably at three or four events with multiple different groups of people who invite me into their families too, right? Because they're taking out their Sunday too to spend time with me. So I'm having tea or I'm at temple or I'm at mosque or, you know, at a church event or at a community event or whatever. It's just amazing. Right. Well, let's get into one of the number one questions. Also very difficult. Okay. What is the best way to eat an Oreo cookie? A, oh. it's a multiple choice here. A, pull it apart, eat the middle first. B, eat the whole thing at once. C, dunking it into a cold glass of milk. Or D, at least three bites, manners first. Oh, and I'm a C girl all the way. <laughs> oh, me and you could grab a, a, a box together then, Leila. Last question. Okay. If you could spend a week anywhere in the world, and I know that seems impossible right now, but let's pretend. <laughs> Where would you go and what would you do while you're there? I would go with my family and my dogs to BC, probably to the lake and spend my time floating in that magic water and just contemplating life and not being on my phone. <laughs> if I, you know, and, and just paddling around my, my dogs, if you can believe it, I have two large dogs. One is part wolf and one is a husky puppy and I can get them both on my paddleboard and paddle around with them. Oh, great. It's hilarious when there's waves, but you know, that's a fun part about falling, falling into the lake. But I think I would just, there's something magic. And even in Chestermere, I live near the lake here, just sitting outside and watching the water is, is healing and magic. That's awesome. That's awesome. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been a pleasure as always. And I'm wishing you the best of luck. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for your, you're just such a lovely human. And oh. I know how hard you work. And it's been a privilege getting to know you particularly in this role, but also so much admiring the work that you did before. So thank you for, thank you for being a strong woman and paving the way for the rest of us to be here. There's a lot of us who wouldn't be here if you hadn't been there before us wow. and those that came before we're we're blessed to know that strong women came before us and that stood up and and did the right things and regardless of ideology i have a tremendous amount of gratitude and love for you as well too for helping pave this way 
<laughs> well, thanks so much, Leela. We're all standing on the, the shoulders of others, aren't we? Which we is, sure uh, are. A great thing. It's a great yeah, thing. Yeah. So I will see you out and about. Okay. And good luck. Safe travels. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of In Your Area. You can access our podcast on all main streaming services and feel free to share with friends, family, or colleagues. And if you'd like more information about how to vote for the next UCP leader, the website again is unitedconservative.ca. We look forward to seeing you next time. We are In Your Area.